Welcome to Primal Learning. Are you a parent who struggles to motivate your child? Are you a teacher who would like some tips on how to manage student behaviour? Are you a school leader trying to determine the best way to support your staff? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Damien Barry, and this is a podcast that explores four broad areas which I believe are important, or at least of interest to many people, and these are learning, schools, education, and teaching. In this podcast, my goal is to debunk myths, provide helpful advice, explore the difficult topics, critique the burning issues, and debate the latest trends. I will look at what works, what doesn't, what annoys and what confounds for parents, students, teachers, and those who'd simply like to understand a bit more about the world of learning and schooling in general. So let's get into it. Welcome to episode three of Primal Learning. In this episode, I promise to explore the world of primary school a little further. But with me being predominantly a secondary teacher, I felt that I didn't have the street cred to be able to talk with any real authority about primary school. Sure, I have hung around a few primary teachers a little bit over the years, visited a few classrooms, sat in some staff rooms with them as well, but their world is still a little bit foreign to me. So I thought that I'd better bring in the big guns for this one. And this is where Stella Croker enters the game. Stella is our head of primary school and head of learning support. And I've been very fortunate to be able to work with Stella for about four years now. And in that time, I've come to realize that she is one of the best primary school educators that I have ever seen. Now, Stella has been teaching for about 30 years. She probably didn't want me to say that, but I know that she's been working in the game, in the teaching game for about 30 years. Stella has taught in schools in the United Kingdom. Uh, She's had extensive experience with learning support schools and environments, also worked with gifted and talented students and staff, and has been a classroom teacher over that period of time as well. She's worked not just in the primary school years, but also in the secondary school years as well. So welcome to Primal Learning, Stella. Thank you very much for joining me and joining our listeners. Thank you for having me. I've put a few questions together for Stella. These are some questions that I know parents have sort of expressed to me over the last sort of 10 to 20 or so years that I thought people may find interesting at least a little bit helpful as well so let's kick it off Stella number one some parents are thinking about prep years they may have a child who is uh, very young and maybe not in prep just yet or they have a student or a child who's just started prep I guess what's a few pieces of advice that you would give to soon-to-be mums and dads of a preppy or parents of a current preppy What's a couple of little things you may suggest to them? I think probably one of the um, most important things that you can do is to prepare your child when they're about to enter prep. Try to visit the school, try to go to the orientation day if they run one, or if they do a get to know the teacher day. Try to do as much as you can to find out about what the school environment's going to be like for your child. Then once you've done that, you can do a little bit more to prepare your child by actually getting them to try their school uniform on, actually doing that school run with them in the morning so they know what it's like to get up, get their uniform on, have their breakfast, how they're going to get to school, what gate they're going to go in, all of those little things to prepare them to make sure they know what the day is going to be like. And then once you do that, just spend some time running through those routines with them on a regular basis before they start. Because a little bit of time for a child um, seems like quite a long time. Mm -hmm. 
and so they forget things they forget what their teacher's name is what the teacher looks like so just keep reminding them of those sorts of things to keep it fresh yeah. in their mind mm-hmm. now if you're a parent out there and you're worried about the general progress of your child in primary school what steps would you suggest that these parents could take? I think probably the the first thing to do is always address those concerns with the teacher. I think you may have concerns, perhaps you've um, compared what one of your children's done compared with what another of your child has mm. done, mm. Um, or perhaps you're comparing your child with your nieces and nephews and those sorts of things and you're concerned about what's going on, when mm. actually those concerns might be really small or or nothing yeah. really for you to worry about so yeah. always the first step would always be to share those concerns with the mm. teachers just raise them with them teachers are always welcome always sort of willing to listen and welcome parents into their classrooms to talk to have a chat and see whether those concerns really are valid whether there's anything perhaps that you need to be working on at home that could support that child's mm. learning or whether those concerns perhaps are a little bit more deep-rooted and a little bit more supports needed around making sure that child has all the skills they need to cope at school. Mm. We always talk about the concept of partnerships, obviously partnerships between school and home and partnerships uh, between teacher and and parent. Um, Do you think that's a a, a fair thing to sort of, I guess, encourage parents to think about as well? I think that's probably the, the most important thing in the schooling as your child goes through their their school life is to think of it as a partnership with the school with the teachers with the teacher aides and you're working with them to make sure that your child has those skills to be able to navigate I guess the experience of school and it has to be done together. That's fantastic that's some really good advice there. What about this one? I've certainly experienced this with my daughter last year because she was in prep last year and for the first six months of the 2019 school year it was was pretty tough, pretty tough on on the wife and I and certainly on on our little girl because she didn't want to go to school even to the, today she's in grade one she's still not real super keen but anyway we've got her there she's going there reasonably willingly but she cried most mornings at drop-off for about the first six months the first two terms so uh yeah gradually we sort of convinced her that, that school's a good thing and you know she needs to sort of enjoy it uh, as much as she possibly can and get the most out of it etc cetera, etc cetera. but anyway yeah what are some little suggestions you have for people out there who are in a similar situation and maybe they're into grade three and grade four and they're still battling to get their get their little one to school what do you suggest on that front i think probably it's getting the, to the bottom of what's causing um, them not wanting to go to school whether it's more sort of as a child gets older it becomes more of a maybe not enjoying what's going on perhaps they don't like that authority of the teacher those sorts of things but usually with younger children um, it could well be more of a, um, a school phobia or an anxiety to go to school and it's trying to work out what perhaps is causing that are there some social things happening at school that's worrying the child is it because they just don't know what the teacher's going to ask of them that day so there's a fear there of of what's happening to them and it's being able to talk through that with your child very calmly because as a parent it can get quite frustrating when you're trying to get them to school and they don't want to go try to remain calm and I know that's really hard and as a parent I've experienced similar things as well Mm. so I know how hard Mm. that is but try to try to stay calm 
talk it through with your child not when they're at the height of that anxiety not at eight o'clock in the morning when you're trying to get yeah. them in the car and they're refusing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. to kind of really take that time out and listen and listen <coughs> actively to what they're saying and then once you get an idea of possibly what might be causing that again we're going back to the partnership with the school again mm. always go to the school talk through the anxieties mm. perhaps your child has Mm. and see if together you can come up with some sort of plan with the school as to how to have a gradual kind of reintegration back into school again. It won't happen overnight. It's, mm. you, these sorts of things are usually quite a slow process. Mm. You have to have the school on board. And it could be that the school suggests bringing other professionals into that. Now, that might be professionals within the school, like the learning support department or mm. a guidance counsellor. Mm. It could be perhaps they need to speak to somebody outside of school and go and see a psychologist or somebody that can help further if that anxiety really is causing quite a extended leave from school mm. but certainly always try to Im involve the school in that because they will mm. have some professionals there that can help you mm. no that's some great advice there I like I mean you've got the the skill set and the experience there Stella based on you know you, the varied roles that you've had you, you can marry up really nicely that the primary teaching experience with the learning support exposure and you know skill set that you developed over a long period of time as well so thanks for that as a parent, what should you not worry about? Don't worry if they have something called what I would call school amnesia. So mm. they get home from school, what have you done today? Nothing. Yeah. Um, what have you learned today? Nothing. Um, who did you play one? No one. Yeah. So it's all of those things that you start thinking, oh, have they got no friends to play with? Yeah. Are they not learning anything? Yeah. Yeah. Um, usually That's a common one. It, it is. Yeah. And, and usually it's because the child has worked so hard at school, they're, they're mentally and physically mm. exhausted by the end of the day that actually what they want to do is to forget school. Um, lots of children like a real separation between school and home and they don't like talking about either yeah. one yeah. in the other place yeah. so when they get home from school they just want to be at home yeah. they don't really want to talk about school but perhaps if yeah. as nervous mums or dads we're kind of wanting that information we want to know things are going well at school wait maybe until um, your child's had some tea mm. they've mm. Um, calmed down they've had a play and maybe they're getting ready for bed you know, yeah. reading them a story, then perhaps ask what they've done in school, and you might mm. find that they remember a little bit more, and they're willing yeah. then to talk about it a little bit more. I find with my kids, yeah, that, that they give me that common thing. Yeah, mm. school was good, and just mm. a, a sort of one syllable sort of mm. response whenever I ask them how school was going. But yeah, I find that even sometimes hitting them up with that question as soon as they sort of get home in the afternoon, or as soon as I see them in the evening. Yeah, I don't get much out of them. It's only after they've had a bit of food in their tummy sometimes they may open up a little bit to me. Yeah, yeah they're, they're often just mm. not ready to talk about yeah. it straight away as soon as they get yeah. home. Yeah. So just give them a little bit of a break mm. before mm. you hit them with the big questions. Mm. Mm. Anything else? Anything else that parents shouldn't worry? You know, the, the common things that parents typically worry about that you probably, you know, you would just like to say to mums and dads, you know what, pick your battles, don't stress about that. Is there anything else you can maybe um, suggest? I think the other thing is that certainly when a, a child's starting school, we concentrate as parents quite often on grades mm. and what level they're at, how many mm. spelling words they're doing, those sorts of things, mm. when actually there's so much more going on mm. in school. There's so much 
else sort of really quality learning happening mm. at that time that can't be measured mm. on a report card. It can't be measured with a reading level or with a certain number of spelling yeah. words. Yeah. And it could be that your child at that time is going through um, a steep learning curve with social learning yeah. Yeah. rather than academic learning. Mm. So learning will go in, in peaks and troughs and not yeah. to worry if you see those grades not improving yeah. or yeah. a little bit lower than you thought. It could just be that um, your child's learning something else just as valuably important at that time. Yeah. What do you think parents could do less of as their child moves from prep to grade two, grade four, grade six and you know, standing on the prep the end of grade, uh, primary school ready for high school, secondary school. What, what are some things you may suggest to parents to do less of? I think probably one of the things that we do naturally as parents is to compare our children. Whether, I know I've mentioned this before, but with our own other children or with other people's children. And we have to see our children as real individuals and they learn at their own rates. They learn different things in different ways. And it could be that um, your child perhaps learns those reading skills later on, or perhaps they learn to tie their shoelaces a little bit later than another child does. And we, we, we get worried, we get concerned. Um, and as a teacher, that's often what I hear, you know, how are they compared with the rest of their class? Yeah. We need to look at a child's growth mm. rather than where they are at a particular time. Have, have they grown since yeah. last year? Have, as in their educational growth, not their yeah. physical growth. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, have they grown in their learning rather than are they at the level that I want them to be at at that stage? I know your children are growing up, Stella, but if you had a child and they come home mm. and they're upset, uh, distressed about some sort of incident or altercation they may have had with a, a, a peer, uh, a friend, another kid in their class. What things do you would you like to say to that child or do with that child? Or what do you suggest to parents out there who may be grappling with that potentially every night? In a child's mind, anything that happens in school is is enormous. Mm. You know, little people, little things happen, but to them it's really vitally important. Yeah. They they need to talk about it, but maybe not at the time yeah. that mum or dad wants to talk about it. Yeah. And it's, again, just waiting for a time when that child is calm, mm. when you can calmly talk it through, discuss what's happened, yeah. discuss why they think it might have happened and why they reacted in the way that they did or the way their friend did. Yeah. And then if it's something that you feel is of concern, mm. um, always talk to that teacher, always talk to the school, rely on that partnership with the school, try to get to the bottom of what's happening. So sometimes, you know, as a parent, it's a little thing that's happened and it's a, a normal sort of, I guess, social growth thing that's happened with, with the child. And other times, you know innately that this is something you need to be concerned about and perhaps raise it with the school. But always remember a child's perspective on an event is often quite different to perhaps maybe what has actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Hear both sides of the story. Hear what's happened from the school's perspective as well yeah. or from the other parents' perspective and, yeah. and really try, I know it's hard as yeah. a mum or as a yeah. dad to yeah. do that, but try and take a step back and say, okay, yeah. so what did actually happen yeah. and, and what caused that to happen yeah. before you jump in with both feet yeah. and try and fix things. Yeah, yeah, great. 
usually twice a year, sometimes even more, thing called parent-teacher interviews roll around. Say if you've got a child in grade three or grade four and you've set up an interview time, maybe you've only got 10 minutes, maybe you've got 20 minutes, whatever the slot is for that for that particular teacher uh, in, in the school that you're at. What's one or two things you might want to ask the teacher? If nothing else happens in the interview, <laughs> What's and you've got a few minutes, what's one or two things you might want to ask? One of the things would be how they're coping generally with the routines of school, mm. whether they're organised, whether they've got all their belongings, whether they can get themselves ready mm. for um, the lesson, whether they're attentive mm. and learning. Um, it's not so much the level at which they're learning, so that as I touched on before it's it's not so much you know what level are they reading at how many spelling words have they got you know are they able to learn are they able to listen can they listen to instructions are they able to do what the teacher asks Mm. them to those sorts of things find out about that because with those skills that's when the learning can then happen if you've got maybe a child when you ask the teacher you know are are they able to listen to you and, and do what you ask them to and the teacher said no they're really struggling with that that's something that you can then work on at home and sometimes that's even more important than working on their spelling list with them is their ability to listen to an instruction and and follow it and those sorts of things certainly find out about that and then I would find out about their their social friends their Mm. their social group those sorts of things to see if they're happy and settled at school because if a child's unhappy um, or unsettled then they're not going to learn so find out those things as well you know do they have a good circle of friends or you know are they on their own in the playground yeah Um, and find out about those sorts of things and see what you can do to help yeah look what about homework as well like when do primary school teachers typically start to set homework for a lot of students um that's set right from the very beginning because a lot as of in prep uh, as in prep yeah, right. yeah sometimes okay. and that, that would have obviously only be a very small amount of homework that's sent home it might be that they're asked to um do some home reading yeah. and they're sent home with a book you listen to your child read and talk about the story and that with them and it's really important to try and set those routines early on right from that very first homework that mm. you get so perhaps they get home from school they change out of their school uniform they have a little something to eat and drink and then in a nice calm quiet environment start looking at what they've got to do but always set yourself a time limit because you don't want homework to go on for hours and hours and it be something that's a real chore and that a child's going to struggle with. Certainly at that age, you really only want to be doing five, ten minutes at the very most. Yeah. Um, if you're finding that the teacher sets some work that you're spending more than about 15, 20 minutes on, that's when you need to stop that activity yeah. and then just send a note to the teacher or pop in and see them and just say I was working with my child Mm. last night and they were really struggling on this task I think they might need a little bit of extra support with it is there anything I can do at home that might help rather than battling through and homework then becoming a negative experience Mm. for a child just try and make it as as positive as you can yeah yeah last question I promise okay so your child is is nearing the end of primary school Mm. in Australia it's it's typically grade six and uh, you know it's sort of halfway through the year or even towards the back mm. end of the year and the school's starting to talk to the, your child and, and parents etc around getting ready for high school secondary mm. school 
uh, and you're certainly thinking about it as a parent as well. Maybe you've chosen a high school for them, maybe you haven't. Maybe you're at a, a P to 12 school where you just continue along that the journey of the year levels. What's a couple of things you may just want to think about in terms of preparing for secondary school when your child is still in grade six or that final year of primary school? I think it's working towards those sort of social skills such as resilience and persistence Mm. and um, those sorts of things a child that's resilient and can look at adversity look at something perhaps they're struggling with or that um, they haven't quite got grasped yet and being able to say well I can't do it yet but if I work a little bit harder on this or if I spend a bit more time on it or if I ask for some help and look at how I can perhaps approach it in a different way that ability to think creatively I guess about their learning and think I may not be able to do it in quite this way but how could I do it what do I need to be able to help me is that um, mum helping me to explain the question or is it I have to do a little bit more research on the computer on for my homework thinking around something being able to solve Mm. those problems for themselves um, rather than relying all the time on other people to solve the problems for them being able to work out how they can do that so when things don't quite work out as they want Mm -hmm. how can I go about fixing that for myself yeah it comes back to a little bit of internal resiliency it is it It is it's that sort of um, being persistent persistent. yeah Yeah. it's so Um, important isn't it it is and that's probably Certainly that transition from six to seven is one of those really important skills Mm. because um, once they get to high school, they don't often have that um, one teacher, perhaps they do in primary. They're expected to move around the school, get their books ready, um, all those organisation skills as well. Those things are are really important. I always tell parents, even just give yourselves term one of year seven Mm. just to feel a little bit more comfortable don't stress too much you know absolutely it takes takes quite a few weeks just to adjust doesn't it Mm. yeah any transition period like that really takes at least Mm. six months to Mm. be Mm. more confident Mm. in that situation and kind of know where you're going and what you're doing so you've you've got to give your child that long to really settle before you start raising those you know warning bells concerns yeah um so that's right really give your child through to easter yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah yeah Um, that's it stella uh it wasn't too bad was it (laughs) we we made it i just want to thank you very much stella uh like i said before at at the top of the podcast you're a wonderful educator and a a wonderful colleague so i really appreciate your time so that that's it for, for today's podcast folks uh thank you very much for listening Next week, I think we'll start to just go a little bit higher into the uh, the pecking order of schools and start to delve into the junior secondary years, which is grades 7 to 10, and start to have a look at how best students and parents and teachers, for that matter, can navigate those, uh, well, which can be some, some tricky times of, of a, a child's life, really. So thanks, folks. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this week's topic. This podcast has been recorded and produced at the Brisbane Podcasting Centre. Before we go, don't forget to click on the subscribe button for this podcast wherever you listen and give it a rating. You can find me on social media such as Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or contact me via email at dbarry1913 at gmail.com. You can even leave a suggestion for a future topic if you wish. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. I'll have another episode in two weeks. I'm Damien Barry. Thanks for listening to Primal Learning.